you're listening to the Creation Academy, a weekly podcast defending the truth of God's Word in biblical creation science. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and this week we're answering a very important question. Is evolution just a theory? Is evolution just a theory? Uh, This is a very, very important question for multiple reasons, Um, not the least of which is that when we're trying to defend our position against atheists, against evolutionists, it's very important that we know Uh, to a degree, what we are uh, talking about, okay? It's very important that we are able to accurately um, represent the position of our opponent and also to accurately represent um, our position in light of theirs. So it does no good uh, if you're going to get into one of these arguments if you you don't understand the very foundations of what your opponent uh, believes. And actually... um, I am going to be writing about this. It's going to be coming out on my blog very soon, um, a blog post uh, dealing with the nature of in-house debates. And within that, I kind of developed this idea a little bit uh, that it's very important that you understand um, what you believe and what your opponent believes in order to be intellectually honest, all right? If you're going to have a, a, a debate of any kind, whether formal or informal, uh, you need to understand these things. And so uh, otherwise you'll get uh, accused of just not understanding their uh, position. Now, sometimes you get accused of that even if you do understand their position. Um, the thing is, is, a lot of times you can take uh, something as evolution, which in, in many cases, not in all, but in many cases is uh, purportedly uh, silly in, in many areas of, of its explanatory power. The notion of it is just silly. And um, it, that really comes to bear when you explain it in simple terms. And when you explain it in those simple terms, you usually have those detractors who say, well, you just don't understand the theory of evolution. Uh, well, that's not really the case. Uh, It's just that we've had to put it in simple terms that everybody can understand to expose um, how illogical, again, that facet of it is. So sometimes that's going to happen anyway. Uh, But the point here is is that uh, is evolution just, I'm emphasizing the word just, a theory? Is it just a theory or is there more to it? And, uh, the, the, the way this came about, all right, I was, uh, um, sent a meme by a gentleman named Adam, and I certainly appreciate him doing that. I was sent uh, an internet meme, which if you don't know, is one of those deals where it's like a picture and then it's got some text on it. A lot of times it'll have like a really silly looking guy or something like that uh, in the picture. But sometimes it's just um, like this one, which is a black background and white text circulating around the internet. Of course, hundreds of thousands of views uh, if you find this thing out in the wild. And it it asks the question, is evolution just just a theory. Uh, and and it's, it, it, it says evolution is just a theory, exclamation point, and obviously, or excuse me, um, question mark. And of course, it's, it's wanting to provoke you um, to understand the validity of evolution as a scientific theory. And so we all understand Uh, the point of this when we see something like this. So what we're going to do is we're going to tear this thing apart. 
We are going to uh, take a look at it, see if the statements that are made by this meme correspond accurately uh, to reality. And again, we're going to check the validity of that statement. Is evolution just a theory? Uh, Are we defining theory properly? We're going to talk about those things um, today. We're getting ready to read the meme here in a minute. I do want to say we did not have an episode of the show last week, and uh, I apologize for failing to mention in the previous week that it'd be that way. Because of Thanksgiving, of course, my podcasts come out on a Thursday, and Thanksgiving uh, was on Thursday, of course, and I I didn't feel uh, that it was uh, right to take the time uh, during that week to get this uh, episode recorded. for my family, I've had this uh, this episode ready for a while. I just didn't feel I had the time to get it recorded and still devote the time necessary to my family. So that was a personal thing for me. Uh, but I also thought it was better uh, that everybody be able to really focus on their family this week. Uh, a lot of the influencers that I follow did go ahead and post their content out, uh, even those who uh, who had it on a Thursday. Uh, but I, I just decided that I would not do that. So um, with that said, we're coming out with it this week, and I really do hope uh, and pray that you all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I'm certainly so thankful um, for the many blessings in my life, the opportunities that I've been given to do the things that I love to do. And I've I've found that, I was reflecting on that a little while last night. Um, Many of you uh, don't know that, uh, well, much about me at all, and maybe we we should fix that. But um, for about six years, I traveled as a bluegrass gospel musician with a fairly well-known uh, group. Uh, they've been singing songs for over uh, 60 years. They've wrote some some very popular songs, um, in the bluegrass realm anyway. And so I, I traveled with them for quite a while playing bass uh, guitar for them. And so... Um, I've had many different experiences over uh, the course of my life, and what I've found is that in in, in almost every case, uh, things that I either didn't know that I liked to do uh, or that um, I never thought I would like to do, uh, the Lord allowed me to do those things and actually gave me a desire to do them. A good example would be playing bluegrass music. Uh, That is something that I never, ever, ever thought uh, that I would have the desire to do. Um, But uh, as the Lord called me into that field uh, and I started doing it, um, I liked it. I I discovered that I liked it and wanted to do it all the time. Um, The same thing is true for preaching. Uh, I love to preach. Uh, Sometimes I think I love to preach too much uh, because I do it for quite a long time. Uh, Sometimes it's hard for me to sit down. And I I just, uh, I love the Word of God. I love uh, studying God's Word and God's world. And sometimes it's hard for me to shut up about it, uh, if I'm being honest with you. And uh, and so preaching is one of those things. I never thought I'd be a preacher. I never wanted to be a preacher. Had no conceived notion about it. Nobody in my family that I knew of was a preacher. Uh, Just nothing of the sort. And of course, God called me into it. uh, And trust me, he did. I won't go into all that. But God most definitely called me to be a preacher. And the moment I started doing it, uh, life started to turn around for me. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, God can really get on you and God will fix you. Um, If you uh, do not submit to his will and you do not do something that God has ardently called you to do and you know it and you can feel that within your spirit um, God will get a hold of you uh, he knows how to ring your phone he knows 
knows your number, all right? He knows where you live, and, uh, and God can certainly get a hold of you to do in your life uh, what he wants to, but you've got to submit to his will. And I found that once I submitted to his will and started preaching, God also gave me this desire for apologetics, for creation versus evolution, and well, here we sit today doing something that I thought I would never do, and yet now it is uh, possibly one of my very favorite things to do. So God has been good to me, and he's been good to you. I know he has, because he's a good God. We serve the God of the Bible, the only true God. He defines goodness. He is the very standard of goodness, and uh, everything that is good um, is rooted in God, all right? And so um, I know that he's been good to you, and I just I hope and pray that you had a wonderful thanks, uh, Thanksgiving uh, with your family. I know I did with mine, and I'm just excited to get back to cranking out content for you guys. I got a, a good uh, blog post coming up. Um, uh, just had one release, of course, uh, a few days ago about uh, atheism and and how uh, atheism is intrinsically illogical. Not an atheist, but the position of atheism is intrinsically illogical. And we talked about that. Of course, next week I have one coming up on the uh, the nature of in-house debates. And today, of course, we're answering the question, is evolution just a theory? So God has allowed us to do some great things. We're thankful for what he has done thus far. Uh, in our ministry, uh, today we've had close to 800 downloads of the podcast. Um, I listen to some podcasts right now, currently, who have about 25 million downloads. Okay, uh, so uh, in the uh, in the long run, we're we're small fish. Uh, but let me just um, let me just encourage you. I am uh, I'm grateful that even one of you would take the time. Uh, to listen to what the Lord has laid on my heart. And I know sometimes I ramble on. I'm probably doing it right now. But I, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you return to listen. And uh, and you mean the world to me. And I'm going to try to keep cranking out good content uh, for you guys and try to uh, help bridge the gap a little bit between what um, supposed uh, the scientific mainstream ideas are and um, how we can reconcile what we know about science with the Bible. Remember, I love to say it this way, studying God's Word in light of God's world. God's world always, always confirms God's Word. It always does. Um, and sometimes you got to kind of sift through uh, some of the wheat, uh, some of what the scientific community puts out there to be able to understand it. Sometimes you have to understand that a lot of assumptions and a lot of um, unprovable ideas come into play and a lot of... Uh, um, uh, mathematical flip-flops and things like that have to take place in order to make uh, some theories work, okay? And so a lot of times if you strip the science back to its bare basic observation level, um, <laughs> just you in other words, instead of um, making the data to conform to your interpretation of it, if you just take the data at face value and uh, do that in a comparative way with what the Bible tells us about the origin of the world and about the history of the world, it makes sense. It makes sense. And so that's why we stand on the Bible. That's why we stand on uh, presuppositional apologetics. That's why we don't enter into an apologetic discussion and lay down our foundation of the Bible other than for the sake of argument. And we'll go into that sometime. Um, the Bible is... Uh, at the same time, the most evidential religion uh, in the history of the world. Uh, no other uh, religion makes the claims of the Bible. The Bible is clear that there is good evidential reasons to believe in it. And, uh, and so that's why we do what we do. That's why we talk about what we talk about on the show and on the blog, because we want you uh, to be able to have a faith that you can trust in. 
All right, so that's why we do things like this. Well, I've rambled enough for today, so let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to uh, take a look at this meme. I'm going to read the meme first, and then we're going to dissect it, uh, take little sections out of it, and kind of uh, you know get to the bottom of what they're trying to say. So evolution is just a theory. By the way, you can read along in your show notes. All right, you can read along in your show notes. I'm going to put this uh, meme out there so you can see what we're looking at. All right, evolution is just a theory. I'm reading now. When scientists use the word theory, it has a different meaning than normal, everyday use. In science, a theory is not a guess, not a hunch. It is a well-substantiated, well-supported, well-documented explanation of some aspect of the natural world based on a body of facts that have been repeatedly confirmed through observation and experiment. Some people think that in science you have a theory, and once it's proven it becomes a law. But that's not how it works. In science we collect facts or observations, we use laws to describe them, and a theory to explain them. You don't promote a theory to a law by proving it. A theory never becomes a law. In fact, if there was a hierarchy of science, theories would be higher than laws. There is nothing higher or better than a theory. Laws describe things. Theories explain them. Theories are the goal of science. The theory of evolution by natural selection is our best explanation for the phenomenon of biological evolution, which is a fact. Species evolve. In the same way that the natural phenomenon of gravity is a fact. And this fact is most accurately described by the general theory of relativity by Einstein. So theories will always be theories. A law will always be a law. A theory will never become a law. And a law never was a theory. Theories can't be changed into laws because laws are different things. Laws describe and theories explain. Evolution is a fact and a theory. Wow. Lots there. Lots there. Now, I imagine uh, in my listenership here, there is probably two or three sides uh, to the equation after hearing something like that and reading that. Um, I may have one group of people uh, who are brand new to this, who have never heard uh, an argument against evolution um, or for creation. And it's very possible that I have those listening who have just listened to that and said, wow, I've got some serious thinking to do. Um, maybe evolution is a valid theory. Maybe evolution can be compared to the law of gravity. That seems to be what this meme is saying. Now, at the same time, I've got, I'm sure, another group of listeners over here on the complete opposite end who are more trained in understanding um, what all this terminology and all this complex back and forth actually looks like. And they're laughing saying, does anybody really believe this, right? Does anybody actually uh, believe this stuff? And so uh, I want to bridge the gap. I want to bridge the gap for you, okay? I want to, um, if, you are, uh, if you are troubled by what I just read to you uh, in the sense that you're uh, not... Um, the, in the sense that you don't understand what was said by this meme and it could be causing you to question things, then I want to help you. I want to help um, bridge the gap to get you to the other side of the ravine because I'm telling you there are a lot of problems with the statements made in this meme. A lot of problems. And what's interesting is that the problem is actually 
somewhat subtle unless you're trained in in this kind of uh, debate and if you're trained to recognize uh, logic and laws of logic and and how things work okay and, and logical fallacies we're going to be dealing with a lot of that here all right so um, there are many many truths to this and many many problems with this you know uh, when they poison rats you have a rat trap and a poison you know most of it is food uh, a very little bit of a rat trap is poison, but the poison is enough to kill them. So understand that, okay? Um, this is a case where the poison is subtle, also making it very hard uh, to understand if you're not used to dealing with things like this. So let's work through this a little bit, see if we can get to the bottom of uh, what is meant um, by this meme. So let's start um, at the very beginning. Now, I think there are three things, three key facts um, that you can use to interpret this meme and come out with a faithful um, and meaningful definition. So here are the three things. Number one, the proper definition of a scientific theory. That's going to be important. Um, secondly, is a proper understanding of logic. That's going to be important. And then third is a proper placement of evolution by natural selection, okay, or the theory of evolution by natural selection. We need to have a proper placement for it in our, in our system. So let's work through each one of those one at a time as we examine uh, the claims of the meme. So here we go. First off, the first meme claim. When scientists use the word theory, it has a different meaning than normal everyday use. In science, a theory is not a guess, not a hunch. It is a well-substantiated, well-supported, well-documented explanation of some aspect of the natural world based on a body of facts that have been repeatedly confirmed through observation and experiment. Okay, remember, we're dealing with the proper definition of a scientific theory. What I just read to you, I agree. I agree 100%. The meme is telling the truth here. Um, I most definitely agree with uh, this assessment as to how we should properly define the word theory. We have to be careful because um, in popular, just everyday language, everyday use, we use the word theory to describe a guess or a hunch. You know what I mean? Well, I, I have a theory about this, all right? Um, a lot of times when people talk about a conspiracy theory, okay, that's even um, moving the definition backwards again because now we're talking about something that almost nobody believes, all right, and it's a theory, and and they're switching the, the definition of the word. A theory in that sense is a hunch or a guess that almost nobody believes, that a very select few believe, usually to promote a, a view that is less popular, Um it's for this reason that a lot of times young earth creationism is looked at as a conspiracy theory. Now, of course, it's not. And um, I've read some really, really good articles online about uh, about why it's not and how it's not. And, um, and I'll pass those along sometime. And in fact, we're probably going to be answering that question here on the podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that, because what we believe is not a conspiracy theory. It has none of the elements of a conspiracy theory. Um, when looked at faithfully, okay, I promise. So we're going to look at that later, all right? So uh, there's a conspiracy theory, and there's the kind of theory that's just, well, you know, maybe when you're watching a TV show, like, oh, I have a theory that so-and-so is 
going to do this to so-and-so, and that's going to be the outcome of the show. All right, so um, sometimes you have theories that way, and you think about things that way. But when uh, the word theory is used in science, it's a completely different definition. Um, as uh, the meme has put it, they say that it is a well-substantiated, well-supported, well-documented explanation of some aspect of the natural world, and it is based on a body of facts that have been repeatedly confirmed through observation and experiment. This is 100% true. Um, but many Christians, when they are... Um, trying to give a defense for creationism or against evolutionism, they will use the saying, Is, uh, isn't evolution just a theory? It's just a theory, right? And they use that word just, remember? Uh, and this is the, honestly the whole reason for the meme coming about anyway is because um, scientists realize that creationists often give a faulty definition for the word, Um and they don't have a better understanding of that. So uh, evolution, is it just a theory? Well, no, in the sense that a theory is just a guess or a hunch. But it is a theory, according to the scientists, okay, in the sense that it is a well-substantiated, well-documented explanation um, based on a group of facts that have been repeatedly confirmed, okay? So that is what they believe about it. So we need to be understanding of the fact that when they use the word theory— they're using it differently than we are. Now, let me give you an explanation from, uh, of course, the guys over there at Answers in Genesis, some of our favorite uh, creation supporters, all right, and, and creation research um, organizations. Here's what they say. A theory has its genesis in a hypothesis, which is a working assumption as to why we observe something. An educated guess. Okay, that's a, that's a good way to put it. To test this assumption, scientists conduct experiments that either disprove or correlate with the hypothesis. Over time, if a hypothesis continues to stand up to scrutiny and many different experiments, the scientific community may begin referring to it as a theory. In essence, this means that because a hypothesis has not been disproved over many years and no other known hypothesis works, then we can be reasonably sure that it's accurate. Theories, however, and this is important, theories, however, are not imperishable. If a new technology allows for better experimentation, for example, a theory may need to be discarded. Now, this kind of sounds like a cop-out or, or, in other words, a way to um, say that no, evolution is not a theory, and in a way I agree. Um, or that what they could be arguing um, that evolution used to be a theory and maybe it still is, but it should be discarded. Uh, and in the article that I read that from, I think they give an example of uh, something that Louis Pasteur had presented, and I don't have that in front of me or else I would uh, read that now, but I will link you to it, all right? And so when they give that definition, they're trying to um, affirm the fact that we creationists understand the meaning of a theory. However, however, to say that a theory cannot be discarded would be fallacious. And I think any intellectually honest uh, scientist will agree with that assessment that you can indeed um, overrule a theory and replace it with a, a new one um, if new evidence uh, submerges. So I think everybody would agree with that. Now, the point here on this first uh, claim of the meme is to understand that we have to be working with the right and proper definition of the meme in order, or excuse me, the, the right and proper definition of the word theory 
in order to get on a level playing field with the evolutionists to make sure we're talking about the same thing. All right, now let's look at another claim from the meme. Some people think that in science you already have a theory, and once it's proven, it becomes a law. That's not how it works. In science, we collect facts or observations. We use laws to describe them and a theory to explain them. You don't promote a theory to a law by proving it. A theory never becomes a law. Again, I agree. Nothing at all wrong uh, with this statement. There are certainly uh, differences between a law and a theory. Um, it's not the same thing. They are related, but, but it's not the same thing. All right, another claim. In fact, if there were a hierarchy of science, theories would be higher than laws. There is nothing higher or better than a theory. Laws describe things. Theories explain them. Theories are the goal of science. Now, once again, all right, I agree. I agree with what they're saying, and it is true. But for those of you on the um, poll of my listenership, okay, that I was talking about who is aware of uh, this kind of argument and how it's been made in the past, um, some of you might be chuckling right now because you can see where this is going. You can see what they're beginning to to build up. Um, in the minds of those who are less scientifically literate, a law is the only legitimate, um, unchangeable fact found in science, okay? Um, and so while there may be a degree of truth to that, um, what they think when they distinguish a theory from a law is that the jump is a lot bigger than, um, than the evolutionist is putting it. And what the evolution here, evolutionist here in this meme is trying to say is that a theory doesn't become a law, and a law never was a theory. They're just two completely different things, and that's right. But we can all see, uh, at least uh, many of us here, can see where this is getting ready to go. They're setting us up for uh, a logical fallacy, and we'll look at that here in a moment. But I do want to give you another aspect of this, that there is something higher and better than a theory. Theories may be the goal of science, and laws may describe things uh, that we see, um, which the theory explains, but there is something higher and greater than any of that. And, uh, of course, what we're referring to is a truth. Truth. Truth is greater than anything. Uh, anything dealing with uh, science or, or law or anything of that. Um, I can uh, certainly appreciate and identify with Dr. Kurt Wise, a well-known Harvard-trained paleontologist, PhD paleontologist, actually trained directly under Stephen Jay Gould, um, the uh, progenitor of the um, punctuated equilibrium idea. Uh, and so um, what he says is that even if there were not one shred of scientific evidence for a young earth, I would still believe that way, because that's what the Bible says. And I, I certainly admire that tenacity. Now, that won't get you very far in the scientific community. Um, and he is actually seen as probably one of the most intellectually honest creation scientists. Um, even the uh, evolutionists are very puzzled by this man um, because he's very honest about things. And uh, not to say that most creationists aren't, because they are. Um, but, uh, but Dr. Wise uh, is more than willing to confront the known problems with the creation model and say, hey, look, we need to work through these things. Uh, but the point is that he has said that even if there were no scientific reasons to believe, the Bible says it, and so that must settle the issue. 
All right, so uh, law uh, is not uh, greater than theory, it's different, but truth is greater than theory, law, all of it. And truth is only found as revealed in the word of God. God settled it because he said it. All right, that's how it works. God says it, that settles it, God settled it because he said it. That's how it works. So truth is higher than theory or law. Now we can certainly use uh, scientific theories to... uh, Try to figure out how things work. We can use laws to describe how they work, but the fact that they work is truth. And uh, ultimately, we're not in search of truth. We already know it. We're um, in search of an understanding of truth, and that is what creation scientists are attempting to do. So with that basis, the proper understanding of a scientific theory, let's move on and look at another claim of the meme and move on to our second um, idea here, which is the proper understanding of logic. The proper understanding of logic. Um, And by the way, just to give a little plug, I highly recommend a book, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, called Discerning Truth. It's by Dr. Jason Lyle, and it's a wonderful book. I think every creationist should read it. I think every evolutionist should read it. I I, I think every person in the world should read this book. Um, The uh, subtitle of the book is, you know, has to do with exposing evolutionary arguments, exposing logical fallacies and evolutionary arguments. But it's interesting uh, that you can so easily see these. And he also exposes the the logical fallacies and many creation arguments uh, as well. So, um, again, this is an intellectually honest pursuit. But realize that uh, most evolutionists, and once I read this book and started talking to people, it's like it's like a night and day difference. It's, it's crazy. Most evolutionists cannot argue for their position without appealing to a logical fallacy. Let me say that again because it's important. Most evolutionists cannot argue at all for their position without appealing to a logical fallacy of some sort. And if you read through this book, it's actually a very short book, will only take you a few hours to read and gives many, 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 many helpful examples and an answer key so you can learn how to sort through these things yourself. Um, so a, a proper understanding of logic is definitely necessary to understanding the creation and evolution debate. And we're going to see this here. So let's look at another uh, uh, claim of the mean. The theory of evolution by natural selection. We're getting to the meat here. Ready? The theory of evolution by natural selection is our best explanation for the phenomenon of biological evolution, which is a fact. Species evolve. All right. I'm going to read that again because it's very important. I'm going to read it slowly and carefully. You listen slowly and carefully. The theory of evolution by natural selection is our best explanation for the phenomenon of biological evolution, which is a fact, species evolve. All right, I want you to understand. This is a classic example of a logical fallacy called equivocation. The meme equivocates on the word Evolution, And what this means is that in the middle of a sentence, they have changed the definition of the word in order to suit their desired outcome of of understanding. So uh, let me give you an example of this, and then we'll reapply this to the meme so you can kind of see what this looks like. Let me give you a good example. Practice makes perfect. Dr. Bob practices medicine, so he must be perfect. They equivalated on the word 
practice. When they say practice makes perfect, and then Dr. Bob practices medicine, in the middle of this uh, argument, of course this is two sentences, but in the middle of this sentence, this argument, they have switched the definition of the word practice. It now means something different in the second half. And so you are building a, a case, you're saying, so he must be perfect, or in logical terms it would be, therefore, he must be perfect. You're, uh, you're, you're deciding on the outcome of an argument based on a misdefinition of a word. That's ultimately the problem here. Let me give you another really good example that pertains to this debate. Science is a very powerful tool. Remember, stop right there. Science is a tool. Science is not um, a thing. It, it's not. It's not. It, it, science doesn't do things. Science doesn't say things. Scientists do. Science is a tool. It is a methodology. Okay. Um, so let's let's work on that. All right. So science is a very powerful tool. So why deny the science of evolution? Now remember, when they use the word evolution here, they're referring to a large scale what some would call macroevolution, okay? Particles to people, molecules to man, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Large-scale evolution as a framework to explain the biodiversity of life as a whole. But in this particular sentence, of course, they're implying that definition of evolution, but they're changing the meaning of the word science. Science is a methodology. There is no science of evolution. That, that, that's not, it's not the same meaning of the word. You see, they're switching it in order to build your confidence on the front end of things and then to say, well, why don't you believe the science of evolution on the back end of things? Because they're acting like they're using the same definition for both words, but they're not. All right, so let's go back to our claim and reapply this. Meme claim, the theory of evolution by natural selection is our best explanation for the phenomenon of biological evolution. Now, all of that... All of that sentence is is kind of okay, all right? The, by, when they say the theory of evolution by natural selection, they are talking about particles-to-people evolution. That is the theory, all right? Now, they switch the definition in the second half of the sentence, which is a fact species evolve. Did you see that? Biological evolution, which is a fact species evolve. Now, Let me clue you in on something here. Creationists agree with that sentence insofar as the definition is in fact limited to what they've uh, said on face value that it is. In other words, species evolve. We agree. Creationists agree. Species do evolve. Species evolve uh, into uh, a little bit different configurations. Okay, they have uh, genes that may be a little different to uh, adapt to their environment and things like that. So there is definitely a changing in species. And sometimes um, by the scientific classification of species, a species may even evolve into another species. We see all of that happening, and those definitions are completely consistent within a biblical world view. The problem is that natural selection, they say the theory of evolution by natural selection uh, is the way it works, but it, the result it produces is antithetical to the phenomenon which they are attempting to explain, which is particles to people evolution, right? So it is an observable fact that species change. That is no problem. But 
the biblical definition of the of the kind, the Hebrew word is min, M-I-N, we call that the kind of animal, is never violated. So the actual observable evidence for evolution confirms biblical creation. Because here's the thing, natural selection is not natural creation. You see the difference? Natural selection selects. It selects. That's all it can do. It selects on previously available material. We'll, we'll develop that idea further in a minute. But for now, I just want you to see that they are changing the definition around. They are, in the first half of the sentence, using evolution as it describes particles to people. And then they're saying that we observe the fact that species evolve. That is observable. We completely agree with that. But, uh, for instance, we, des- we, we observe that Darwin's finches have different varying lengths of their uh, beak, okay? Their beak looks a little bit different for different things. But we never observe those finches becoming anything other than a finch. We covered that in one of our earlier uh, lessons of the podcast. You can go back and listen to that exact argument, all right? So um, so there's the problem. They're switching the definition in the middle of the term, or in the middle of the sentence, or in the middle of the argument. Now, this happens a lot in creation evolution debates. It ha- this is probably one of the most um, violated laws of logic in this debate by, by the evolutionists. They almost always equivocate on terms, meaning again that they change the definition in the middle of the argument. So watch out for this. It happens all the time, especially with the words science and evolution especially with those two words. And if you go to steveschramcom slash defend and sign up for my free email course, um, in one of the lessons on that, I actually developed that idea a little bit more. So I, I encourage you, by the way, to go ahead and do that, to go sign up for that, and uh, you'll get on our mailing list, and we'll send you once a week um, uh, a notification about the latest blog post, the latest episode and uh, other uh, of our podcast. And otherwise, you will, uh, right after you sign up, you will get six days straight of emails, um, which kind of gives you our our little course on defending your faith with confidence. So I do encourage you to go sign up for that. But so I want you to understand, uh, and again, the point of that is that I developed that idea of, of, of equivocation a little bit in um, in that teaching. So I would go read on that. But so um, we understand now what they're changing the definition right here. And they're going to do it a little more, and they're actually going to work off of the basis of this new definition a little bit as we go down uh, the meme. So that was a proper understanding of logic, so that's important. Now finally, we're going to look at a proper placement of evolution by natural selection. A proper placement, all right? So what do I mean by that? Well, let's take a look at the meme claim to get an idea of what we mean. In the same way that the natural phenomenon of gravity is a fact, And this fact is most accurately described by the general theory of relativity by Einstein. Interesting. So they're making now a comparison between gravity and evolution. Now, I I don't have it in my notes to think about it in terms of this, um, but we could actually think about this in terms of a logical fallacy as well, called the fallacy of false analogy. They are comparing evolution to gravity, Um, but it's a false analogy because we observe gravity. We don't examine or we don't observe evolution in the sense that the meme is arguing for, okay? It's not the same thing. So let's take a look. Um, AIG says this, a theory requires, uh, AIG is answers in Genesis, by the way, a theory requires that the confirming experience Um, experiments correspond to one's scientific hypothesis. This makes sense, right? Otherwise, the experiment cannot establish uh, legitimacy. 
Evolution, listen to this statement. Evolution has no such legitimacy. It doesn't have it. Why doesn't it have it? Now, here's the thing. This is the key. Everybody says that we observe evolution by natural selection. What we observe is that species can change, especially based on their environment, the type of food they eat, things like that. Species can definitely change over time and have different features and even turn into different species, again, based on the Linnaean classification system. But what they can't do is come in and change into a different kind. Um, we have never observed hippopotamus turning into a giraffe, all right? And I mentioned in the beginning that you have to give sometimes very facetious examples for people to understand what you're talking about. Um, evolutionists, uh, in arguing against me, I already know what they would say. They would say, well, no evolutionist believes that a giraffe became uh, or came from a hippopotamus. But the fact of the matter is that that is what they believe, ultimately. Now, there are different phylogenetic trees, okay, and so that may not be the actual path that people think a giraffe developed from, for instance, but they all agree that we shared a common ancestor, that everything, every living thing, including plants and animals and, and humans, everything, at one point in time, shared a common ancestor. So it may be a simplistic way of putting it for understanding purposes, but it doesn't mean that we don't understand the position. All right. So uh, understand that it's a difference. It's a difference in what is it able to do. Now, speciation, speciation is just as much of a fact as gravity. Absolutely. We observe it. We see it happening. But molecules to man evolution is not a fact. Nobody has ever seen it. Nobody has ever seen it happening. And evolutionists admit this. They have no problem admitting this. But here's what they say. You just have to have enough time. Time. We haven't seen it. We can never see it. Dawkins has, has a quote, and I forget how the actual quote goes, but it basically says, it's, it's so silly, some of the things that these people say. But he basically says, look, it just requires too much time. We should never expect to see it. Okay, well, that's not good enough. If we're going to say that this is scientific fact, okay, this meme is attempting to say that evolution is a fact, in order for something to be a fact, we need to see it, especially in the naturalistic sense. Now, I believe it is a fact that there is a God, but we cannot see God. Well, that's a little bit different argument, okay? Uh, for one thing, people did see God. They saw Jesus Christ, all right? And the Bible says no man has seen God, but they saw the man, Jesus, who claimed to be God, and I believe was, based on his claims. Uh, that's a story for a different time. But, but it's a little bit different sense, okay? If you are a naturalist and you um, take the position that in order for something to be a fact, you, we need to see it and we need to observe it, then we do, in fact, need to see and observe it. We don't see finches changing into um, different kinds of, of, of birds, uh, let alone uh, from something that is not a bird, or to something, rather, that is not a bird. So I use that example because it's a very common one. Um, the pepper moths, all right? Some were white, some were black, but at, never, at no point were they a not moth, all right? They were always moths. Um, and so these are some of the most famous examples being used in the textbooks today. Today, these examples are still used, and they cannot be evidence for uh, macroevolution, for particles to people evolution, for molecules to man evolution. It's just not the same thing. Now, let me give you this, all right? I want you to understand firmly, most, if not all, and you can use this statement, all right? I'm, I'm giving you a full license. Use this statement when you're talking to people, and it's going to make people mad, and you better be able to back it up, and you better be able to defend it, but it's true. Listen, most, if not all, observable evidence 
fits just as nicely into creation models as evolutionary models. Therefore, there is a competing theory. Sometimes in science, you have a competing theory. Now, to my knowledge, nobody has formulated a uh, theory of creationism. Perhaps they have. Uh, maybe some people have just called it that on their own accord. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that most, if not all, I would argue that all of the observable evidence that is used for evolution fits just as nicely into creation models. So you have three kinds of tests. You have, a, let's call it a, a level one, a level two, and a level three. Um, a level one test is a direct head-to-head -head test between two things. You can say, okay, this model predicts this, this model predicts this, and there are two different outcomes, so we can test them uh, against each other. By the way, there are very little actual, very little actual tests that can be done in science of this nature between creation and evolution. Very, very few. And some of the ones that I've seen, uh, particularly uh, one that I'm thinking of, is um, categorized or um, rather um, explained in a book called Searching for Adam. I'm reading that book right now. Dr. Uh, Nathaniel Jensen and Dr. Jeffrey Tompkins take this chapter in which they provide some evidence that in the mitochondrial DNA, if you use the proper... Um, assumptions of the Bible's timeline in it, and therefore you only include human DNA rather than all of these other um, supposed intermediary forms that the evolutionists put into their uh, assumptions. If you just use the human DNA and you do the evolutionary calculations versus the creationism calculations for the amount of um, genetic diversity in the mitochondrial DNA, uh, the creation model wins. <laughs> with flying covers, uh, colors. And by the way, uh, that's true in the animal kingdom as well. So there are very few tests of that nature. Um, most fall into a, uh, a type 2 or a type 3 test. Now, a type 2 test is something where the creationist um, model can, can make a hypothesis and do some tests and verify the model on its own merits, and the evolutionist can go in and verify a model on its own merits, okay? Uh, maybe the starlight and time problem would be a good example of that. Um, creationists and evolutionists both have a, uh, a starlight problem, and so um, you're not necessarily going to test head-to-head. -head. I've heard people say, well, look, um, uh, we have predicted the cosmic background radiation, okay, on the evolution model, so the Big Bang has to be true. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that on that model, you can only get light halfway across the universe. All right, so there's problems there. So you can't just say that that model where it did make some valid predictions is true because the creation model has also made some very valid predictions. Um, for instance, such as the um, magnetic fields in some of the planets in the solar system, okay? There's valid predictions there. These are type two tests. These are tests that can either validate or invalidate a particular model within uh, creation um, but or the evolution debate in itself, and we can determine whether or not that model works or whether we need to revise it. Now, most of these arguments fall into a type 3. A type 3 is where basically both models um, uh, make the same predictions, and it's just useless to even talk about it. Uh, one of the big things that evolutionists use uh, to, to prove uh, that we evolved is the geologic column. Well, look at the geologic column, the way that the um, different animals are in the different layers and the different organisms are in the different layers and uh, the way that we would have expected biological evolution to occur, uh, this fits those expectations. Well, the flood account 
in the Bible makes the same um, predictions uh, as far as the fossil layers that we would find, and because of the catastrophic element, can explain where the um, unique problems are. In other words, there are some cases where, for instance, a geologic column does not follow the traditional pattern. Well, on the creation model, we can make sense of that, and the evolution model can't. So I would argue that might even start to go into a type 1 kind of thing, but in most cases, we're talking about a type 2. Um, both the creation model, for instance, and the evolution model um, uh, predict that there is going to be similarities in organisms because different um, traits and characteristics of organisms have to provide similar functions. In other words, on the evolution model, it makes sense that a human and their DNA is going to be um, less similar to a banana, for instance, than to a chimpanzee, because uh, bananas do not have arms and legs, and chimpanzees do, all right? Creation, by the way, is going to have these same exact predictions, while we would expect a common design, a common DNA, a common genetic code, because it's a common designer, we would expect that the ape uh, and the human are going to have more similar DNA than the human and the banana because they have similar traits and similar characteristics, all right? So uh, understand that there are many things that are not even worthy of a head-to-head -head competition because we make the same exact predictions. And so that's what's happening here. Um, we predict that animals will change over time. That, that is absolutely not a problem. We, we have no problem with natural uh, selection. We don't believe the Bible speeches, uh, 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 rather teaches species fixity. We, we do not believe that. We believe that there are kinds. And so natural selection is just fine uh, within the creationist worldview. But particles to people, evolution is not a fact. It ought not to be uh, conflated as the same level as gravity because it is just not the same thing. There is a competing theory, all right? Now, uh, by the way, the reason that natural selection has been confirmed and it only um, moves in one direction is because it does not create new genetic information. Remember, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Natural selection is not natural creation. It's not the same thing. Um, all that can, you can possibly do is select upon genetic information that is already there. Sure, there's something called gene replication where uh, a gene can be uh, repl replicated and and then provides a different, um, another organism, for instance, with the ability to then uh, select um, for traits and characteristics in, it, in its environment a different way. But it's still starting with that same genetic code and degrading. It's going down, not going up. Even if the uh, mutation is, quote, beneficial, which is possible in a certain circumstance, it's still not... Um, an upward vertical move. It, it's it's very much so going down, all right, or horizontal. It's a horizontal change, in other words. Um, it's not vertical. And so that's another way to put it. But remember, it acts upon already present genetic potential. That's what natural selection is. Again, not a problem in the creationist worldview. So let's look at two more things, and then we're done. So theories will always be theories. This is another claim with a meme. Theories will always be theories. A law will always be a law. A theory will never become a law, and a law never was a theory. Theories can't be changed into laws because laws are different things. Laws describe and theories explain. Again, agreed. 
Okay, totally agree. But this is irrelevant. It shouldn't even be in there. Um, it has nothing to do with whether or not evolution is an actual scientific theory. Okay, um, no matter what anyone chooses to call it. All right, it has competition, um, and I would argue very good scientific competition. So, is evolution a theory? You know, um, you know, I'll let you decide. There are some people. I think Answers in Genesis has argued that really it shouldn't even be considered a theory, because evolution, in the sense that they mean it is um, uh, not observable, okay, um, in the present. You can't observe an organism changing into another kind of organism. At least we've never seen it happen. Does that mean that it's not a good scientific explanation? Um, no, it doesn't mean that. And I've argued in the past, and I'll continue to argue, that there is good scientific reasons to believe uh, that other people would believe in evolution, all right? It's, it's, it's not dumb. Some aspects of it do not make sense and are um, illogical to a, a, a creationist, okay? Um, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't be mad that people believe this. We should, it's not like there's some global uh, man-made conspiracy out there. I was just accused of thinking that the other day. Uh, I do not think that. Let me set the record straight on that. I do not think that evolutionism is some man-made conspiracy. Um, I think it's a delusion of the devil. Absolutely. I think that in some aspects of it, it is very... Um, illogical, I would say even stupid to believe some of its claims, and yet some very, very intelligent people do, but I don't believe it's their fault, okay? I believe uh, we have a fight that is against principalities and powers and the ruler of the darkness of this world, okay? Uh, we fight something that is bigger than any concoction of the human mind, okay? This is a satanic thing. This is a spiritual thing, not a natural thing. So um, understand that, that, that this is just not even relevant, okay? Uh, this is true, um, the statement that they make, but it has nothing to do with evolution being an actual scientific theory. Uh, so here is their last claim. Evolution is a fact and a theory. This is true in the sense that we're talking about natural selection, species changing into other species, but not extrapolating out into kinds over millions of years. It's not the same thing. Evolution in the sense that species lose um, information because they have mutations and things of that sort uh, because natural selection acts on them is true. It is a fact, and it is a theory. But again, not by the implied definition of the meme, which is in the sense of particles-to-people evolution. Here's what it should say. Evolution, or excuse me, natural selection is a fact and a theory. No creationist would have a problem with that statement. Natural selection is a fact and a theory. But again, not uh, in the sense that they mean. Uh, when they equivocate halfway through, then there is a problem. Um, the equivocation halfway through this meme certainly reveals what is most certainly being implied. So when we see things like this on the internet, we need to think through them critically. The internet has made available uh, just the, the systems of thought that were only available to the highest thinkers and to the brightest minds in the past are now available to everybody. Um, everybody is a, uh, is a closet um, uh, philosopher now. All right. Um, some people think they're doing science and uh, don't make any room for philosophy. And I've written on this before when actually the origins debate is enshrined in, in philosophy. Um, 
we make philosophical statements about the world. Science itself is a philosophy. There is a philosophy of science, okay? And so we need to just understand that when we're when we're dealing with things like this, we need to slowly and carefully evaluate what they're actually saying. Look for philosophical claims, not scientific claims. Look for logical fallacies. Look for them to change the definition in the meaning of a sentence from something that we actually see to something that we don't see. Look for them to use the fallacy of reification, which uh, you can see when, when statements like this are made. Well, science says that we've been here for billions of years. Well, science doesn't say things. Science is not a person. It's not a moral agent. It's not, it doesn't have agency at all. It cannot say or do things. Um, science does not say we've been here for million years, millions of years. Scientists do. Some scientists do. Arguably, yes, the majority, of course. But uh, still, that is subject to interpretation of somebody who either loves the Lord or does not love the Lord. And as you know, the Bible says that he who is not with me is against me. That's a direct claim of Jesus. There is no neutral ground. You're either for God or you are against God. He who is uh, friends of the world is at enmity with God. That's what the Bible says. So we need to understand that there is no neutral ground here. And that when somebody is arguing for evolution, many times they are confusing philosophy with science. They are changing the definition of the word. They are using another any number of other logical fallacies to make their point. Um, I was speaking online with a guy the other day, a fellow Christian, um, who is a... Uh, theistic evolutionist, and I, I normally don't get into these in-house debates, and I told him that, that I normally don't, uh, and you can read a little bit more about that next week in my post about that. Um, I don't do, normally do these in-house debates, and so I, I didn't last very long with him. The point being that he could not make an argument without using a logical fallacy. I had just got done reading Dr. Lyle's book, uh, and buddy, it was it was extremely eye opening. I had this conversation with this guy, and it was like uh, every word out of his mouth was a logical fallacy. And so it was easy to refute his position because he wasn't actually making any valid arguments. And so that is what you are going to find when you start to embark on a study like this. So when you see something on the internet, critically evaluate it. Critically evaluate the claims of those that you talk about. Um, look at for those logical inconsistencies. Look for those things that just don't sound quite right. Uh, if it's too good to be true, or if it just doesn't sound quite right on the common sense notion, then it probably is not all right, so uh, I'm going to leave you with that for this week. I'd like to say a word of prayer, and then we will go for this week, and we'll see you next time here on the Creation Academy. Thank you, Father uh, God, for the wonderful week of Thanksgiving that we've had. Thank you for the uh, just wonderful time with family and, and time of fellowship that you've given us. Lord, we know that the holidays are not always easy for everybody, and we pray, Lord, that you would give grace, peace, strength and comfort, Lord, as only you know how during these times. Lord, as we fight this fight, uh, fighting and, and arguing and standing on your creation and on your word against a hostile world, God, I pray that you'd be with us. You'd strengthen us for the battle. You'd help us to put on our spiritual armor like Ephesians 6 uh, says we ought to do. Father God, I'd help you, I pray you'd just help us to, to be strong in this fight for you. Uh, Lord, help us to understand these things that you've placed in your world for us to help 
to help us understand, Lord, uh, the intricacies and the wonderful truths and revelations of your word. We love you, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to even be here, to even do these things and to study uh, according to your scriptures. We love you again, and we thank you for the many blessings in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening again this week to the Creation Academy, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.